0: If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Peter 1, 6-9. Uh, I'm going to read that in the New Living Translation. As a way of illustration, I want to share uh, a story that I came across on the internet. A woman named Lulu Roman played a role in a highly popular TV show called Hee Ha. And what she was known for was her ability to make viewers laugh. She had this gift of making people laugh hysterically from her character on the TV show. And the show's host, Buck Owens, was captured by her talent of making people laugh, and so he got her an audition, and soon enough, she was on her way to Hollywood for this audition, for this part in the show. Now, on the outside, people seen Lulu as a joyful woman because she was in character in this uh, TV show. But what they did not know was behind the scenes, it was not that. It was not so. Lulu Roman was a different person when not on the show. She battled with drug addiction, low self-esteem, and weight battles. It all started at the age of four when her grandmother dropped her off at an orphanage, which Lulu remembers in detail. She remembers the day specifically. And when and she suffered also shuff, suffered a thyroid disease resulting in a lifetime battle with her weight, and she used food as a means of comforting her. Her battling that. Lulu stayed in the orphanage until she was 18. And with the rejection and other issues she battled, she turned to drugs. Which then, or, which which she turned to drugs. And then when they flew her to Hollywood for the audition later on in life, she was actually high at her audition. And then she even lost a year spot on the show. Or she lost her part on the show for a full year. Within that time, she found out that she was pregnant and began to believe that God had abandoned her. Her son was actually born with some issues. And the doctors told her that, she, that he needed a miracle in order if he was going to survive. And that's exactly what happened. The child was healed. God did a miracle in that child's life. Some years later, Lulu was actually leaving a jail after a drug possession arrest, and she ran into a friend, Diane, from the orphanage, who witnessed to her and shared Jesus with her. And as a result, Lulu gave her life to Jesus, and then she could reflect back four years ago that God actually healed her son, which has sparked her faith. The change in Lulu was so evident that she was invited back to the show, and she remained on the show for the rest of its run, and she was the same person off the show as she was on the show. And so I want to preach a sermon called a genuine faith and talk about a genuine faith in Jesus because this is something that should be in the scenes and also behind the scenes like Lulu. Many many people in our world today they they talk the talk and they claim to be something but behind the scenes they are not that. And so in our text Paul is talking, he mentions about a genuine faith in that it is a precious thing. And so let's read our text, 1 Peter 1, 6-9, in the New Living Translation. It says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong, through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You will love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy. The reward for your trusting him will be the salvation of your souls, a genuine faith. So I want to look firstly at a problem. I want to look at a problem of a lack of genuine So a big issue in the church today is that there's a lack of genuinity. So what is genuinity? Genuinity, it's to be sincere, it's to be truthful, it's to be honest, it's to be authentic. It is the real deal. That's what genuine faith is. We could also say of one who has genuine faith that they got the goods. I love when people say that, you know, when somebody gets saved, when they're radically say they start serving God and you just see God's roots going down into their heart and they're actually doing, they're living who they are at church is who they are outside of church and we can say that they got the goods. It's claiming to be something or identify as something and actually walking the walk of what you say you are. And genuine faith, it's an active faith. It's driving forward with momentum and ever looking for ways to draw closer and nearer to God, Verse 6 and 7 of our text says, So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. To the whole world, I understand the context of this scripture is Peter's writing to the Jewish Christians who are suffering persecution, and he's encouraging them by telling them to look towards the joy that awaits them. But in this text, it talks about a genuine faith, and faith being a precious thing. That means faith; our faith is precious to God, right? We all know deep down what He wants our hearts. And so our faith is a precious thing to him. So we're going to focus really in on that genuine faith and how faith is precious. And so, in the context, it's no doubt that it was tempting for these Jewish Christians who Jewish became Christians were, Jewish Christians who were suffering persecution in this time to fix on the negatives of life, which fixing on the negatives of life can draw a person away from faith in God. But Peter says wonderful joy is ahead and the trials prove if the faith is genuine. He's giving us a perspective of looking or being able to see through a storm and onto the future, which is wonderful joy that awaits them. There are many who go to church in our world today and it looks real. The front that they put on is real. It is believable. The worship, the praying, the smile, the talking, the talk, the helping hand, the ministry involvement, but we all know that talk is cheap. We all know we all know that God ultimately knows the heart and can see a lack of genuine faith in people's hearts. Lulu was in this um, TV show. Okay, she was joyous. She was putting on a front in character at all times, but outside, she was broken, godless and tormented and that's many people in our world today and i personally i personally have friends who believe in jesus and also believe they're going to heaven and the issue is it's all talk the way they live is not heaven bound and when witnessing a lot of times for for some people you mentioned you mention Jesus, you ask them, do you know Jesus? And their countenance changes. Or people at your workplace, you might mention to them Jesus. Their countenance changes, their, their language changes. They start talking church language because now they know that you're a Christian. So they would put on that front. It's not a real faith because for many of them behind the scenes, they're not living up to their talk in that conversation they're having with you about living right for God and believing they're on their way to heaven. Pastor preached a, a sermon a few weeks ago about moral relevance. People in our world today, they determine what is right and wrong, situationally based. It's what they believe to be morally right to the matter at hand because of their own morals. But the issue is they're not going by the Bible, they're not submitted under truth, they're not grounded and going by the Word of God. And what they determine to be morally right or morally wrong. And therefore, it's not built on a solid foundation. So I want to move on. Let's talk about a few attitudes that cause a lack of genuine faith in a person's life. An unteachable attitude. Proverbs 26 verse 12 says, There's more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. There's people, even Christians in our world, that believe that They got it all together. They don't see the need to learn. They're unwilling to even accept teaching. And this can hinder growth and cause them to eventually fall away from the true faith or be swept away by a new wave of doctrine because simply they are not surrendered, submitted under the authority that God has placed, that God has gifted to the church. It's very deceptive and even dangerous to believe that we don't need church and we can go about this on our own. Proverbs 16 verse 20 says, Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. The Christian walk is a growing process. Like a seed starts out as a seed and grows over time, some quicker than others depending on the nutrients given. We are to continually grow in the things of God, allowing roots to ground themselves in our hearts because that's ultimately what brings about an authentic faith and grounds us in God's word and then with a lack because with a lack of genuine faith when presented with a trial one could be uprooted and fall away from the faith because it wasn't built on a solid foundation of Christ and then also a lack of seriousness in living for God can bring about a lack of genuineness in one's faith not seeing the desperate need for basic Christian disciplines that the Bible tells us about praying to God, just being real with God, just reading His Word, attending church, sharing our faith with others. These are disciplines the Bible talks about. God, God emphasizes reading His Word, and we are so blessed today to have so many different resources, so, such so easy access to read the Word of God. And God says you want faith. Read my word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Many of us can pray. and I've, I've always prayed, God, give me a faith. And in my mind, I'm thinking it's going to go like that. Just like that right away. But instead, God gave me a hunger and a thirst to read his word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He's given me a desire to come to church and be in the presence of, of other believers and hearing the word of God so that I can accept it, receive it, allow those roots to grow into my heart so that I'll be more grounded in the will of God and that I will actually want to do these basic disciplines that the word of God talks about praying, coming to church again, reading the Bible. It won't be a chore anymore. In verse 7 of our text, it says, Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, our faith is precious to God, and God has our best interest at mind. And ultimately, like mentioned before, He wants our heart. And genuine faith comes from the heart. He respects that genuinity. And as we, and we express this love for Him who loved us first, even yet while we were still sinners, by showing or by talking the talk, and then walking the walk of what you talk. So let's look secondly at some consequences of a lack of genuine faith. There's a hindering of roots of truth that should be growing deep into your heart when faith is not genuine. Matthew 13.22 said, The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quick, quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no truth is produced. They don't see that the word of God, that the truth is treasure above anything else in a human being's life. It is absolutely treasure and is absolutely to be taken serious. And allowed to work in our hearts and change us. Many get saved and are saved and they agree with Jesus, but they have no intention to obey or trust in Him. The worries of life and the love of money become an idol. Other things take God's place as priority in their hearts, causing them to fall away from the faith. Matthew 6.33 tells us, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. First priority, again, in our hearts should be the kingdom of God and His righteousness. When this is our perspective, roots can grow deep into our hearts because we navigate life with Bible glasses on. Because we can see things with an eternal perspective. That is something I personally pray for in eternal perspective this man Jonathan Edwards said Lord stamp eternity on my eyeballs this should be a prayer prayer that we desire with all and without authentic face this perspective that it can't come about in our lives and then with the lack of genuine faith convictions they won't be convictions anymore. Many fall into that trap they get saved they cold turkey all the garbage in their lives. Because of God giving them these pure convictions to to abstain, to not go into those things again, they cut off music and stop hanging out with old friends that are bad influence. That are stop hanging around the drugs, all this stuff. They get the revelation, but later later on, the music comes back. the The watching the garbage that TV feeds people, social media, internet speaking the same trucker language that they spoke before getting saved, and the dangerous thought that sparks this is, I am now saved for a little bit. I can handle these things now. It said that there are two dogs in the fight, and whatever dog you feed more is going to win the fight. Those two dogs are flesh and the spirit. What dog are you feeding More. Are the things you do outside of church bringing you closer to God or further away? And are you living as the example Christ has called us to live as Christians? 1 Corinthians 16, 13-14 says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. These are instructions Paul gave. He said, stand fast in the faith and let all that you do with, with love Pastor Greg preached Friday night of conference saying faith is an aggressive thing. We need to hold fast to it. We need to ground ourselves on the foundation of God's truth. We need to know his promises and claim those for our lives because that's the only way faith is really going to grow in our hearts. Giving us a more authentic, more genuine faith which ultimately draws us closer to him. And therefore we won't fall into the trap of genuine faith, to lukewarm faith, to no faith at all. And I truly, I genuinely believe. I try to try to see, um, you know, as as a young kid, you know, we hear sermons. If you're young in this room, and you hear the the times that we live in are are some serious times in the dispensation of God, and then you know we're we're in. We hear things like we're in the the fourth quarter with the two minute warning, and I'm like, God, I, I need to grasp that. I need to be able to grasp that because I wasn't born in the 1800s or 1700s. This time that we are in, this is a different time. We need to, more than ever, be in the Word of God and just getting all that in our hearts to ground us, getting involved and just praying for an eternal perspective, praying, God, give me a hunger, a thirst to come to church, to read your Word, to know it. Give me a hunger and thirst for the things of God. First Peter one fourteen through sixteen says, "So you must live as God's obedient children. Do not slip back into your old ways to satisfy your own desires. You don't know any better than, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God chose you, or who chose you is holy. For the Scriptures say you must be holy, because I am holy, Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our big brother." is our prime example. By living for Jesus with a genuine faith, we show our love towards Him. Verse 8 of our text says, You love Him even though you've never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. There's great benefits to trusting God who can be trusted. And one of those benefits is having a sincere faith as we serve Him. And do His will. Let's look lastly tonight at drawing closer to Jesus and, and some things that can draw us closer to I believe that it's important to know who God is if we're really going to draw closer to Him. And again, this is how we know who God is. What needs to be established in our faith is that God is a good God. He's a good King. And because of that, because He is good... Because he's pure, because he's righteous, because he sits on the throne of justice and righteousness, he's worthy to be served. He is the only one that's worthy to be served. And Psalms 34, verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. He's able to be trusted. And as we trust we draw closer to Jesus resulting in a genuine faith we need to see that our salvation our faith in God is treasure in the bible it speaks about a man who in in a land there was treasure he sold or he bought the land because he knew there was treasure in that land this is a picture the word of god is treasure the things of god is treasure to be priority in our lives. In the Bible, David testifies of the goodness of God. He says in Psalms 37.25. Once I was young and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned. Or their children begging for bread. God is for his people. You know, we hear stories at conference all the time. Missionaries, pastors. pastor here telling us stories about his Uh, experiences in life and, and how God came through at just the right time for them, providing. And sometimes it was in the midst of the storm, but God came through at just the right time, bringing Him the most glory and carrying them through the storm. And that is a great blessing for us. And as a result... Of the foundational understanding of knowing that God is a good God, a desire should spark in our hearts to want to do the things that draw us closer to him. Reading his word, again praying. He delights and he helps us to draw closer to him, which creates a genuine faith. Because we all know God wants us to make it. He wants us to be able to have those roots grounded in our hearts because he wants us to be in heaven with him for eternity. And then, as I close, I want to talk about being real with God. It can draw us closer to him if we are real. There are people here tonight who possibly walked up in here spiritually limping. And I want to encourage you, you can be real with God. Psalms 51 verse 17 says, The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh God, God can heal you. God can give you the heart that he speaks about in Ezekiel. And soften a heart of stone, give it a heart of flesh. A heart that is filled, again, with a desire, with a hunger, with a thirst to draw closer to him. He can give a new viewpoint, a new perspective, that sees his word as treasure, that sees the things of God as treasure. There's people, they they, they hide what's going on inside their hearts to God. But there's really no point in that because God knows you more than you know you. And because of that, or rather, we need to communicate and tell him what he already knows. And telling him what's heavy on our hearts should be an all-the-time thing. Sometimes we can't help ourselves, but but he can. Okay, he wants to be involved in what's going on in here and the things in this world. There's so many things it, in this world that try to tug on our hearts. I, I couldn't imagine. My heart goes out to the kids who are in high school in our church because I couldn't imagine being saved. You have to be guarded. You really have to guard yourself from the things of this world, the drugs, the alcohol, the the, the pressure on you from friends to go get a girl and sleep with her. There's that in our world today. Things that pull on people's hearts, things that a lot of people give into. But God can give a genuine faith to want, a desire to abstain those things. He'll make it easy. A hunger and thirst can grow so much in your heart, deep roots in your heart, that you will look straight on to God and want to be filled with the things of Him. And then God, He can restore a lukewarm or half-hearted faith. He's in the business of refining hearts and bringing genuinity to faith. Our text talks about Trials actually purifying, testing our faith, make it more genuine. But God God can restore any heart, and he delights in doing that. Verse 7 of our text told us, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. God wants to draw us closer to him with an authentic faith, because that is what grounds us. And thank God we can take confidence in knowing that if we keep the faith, we won't be the same person we are now down the road. There's a growth. God delights in, in, in that process of sanctifying us, setting us apart to be holy like he is the process, and we're never going to be perfect like Jesus, but our desire in our lives should be to draw closer to him to be more Christ like. And then it's easy for many to draw, to, to fix on the negatives of the trials that we face in our lives. I personally know how that can be. But the next part of our text, verse 7, tells us, So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So it should be a practice of looking forward into the glorious future we have in Christ and placing our trust in Him, being real with Him, letting Him know what's on our heart. God, I want an eternal perspective, just praying for that a different viewpoint so that we won't fixate or be stuck in strongholds of negativity that is very dangerous to be in because ultimately can draw us away and stick a wedge between our relationship with God. Verse 9 says the reward for your trusting in him will be the salvation of your souls. And God rewards those who draw close to him with a genuine Faith so I'd like every head bowed, every eye closed so I preached on a genuine faith no doubt you know that I mentioned it like a thousand times but there's people here tonight that have you know that are not saved possibly you're not living for Jesus Christ you have never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart but you want to be a changed person. You want a new start, a different perspective. You want to take off the worldly goggles and place the Bible goggles to view the world, how a human being created by God should view the world, and that is through a biblical lens. You want a brand new start. You want to be washed clean in the blood of Jesus Christ I'm going to give you that opportunity tonight, but there is something that draws us away from God and it's called sin. Sin is what a man knows right and a man knows wrong, but chooses to do wrong. And the Bible declares we have all sinned and fallen short of the glorious standard of God. Not one of us can stand before him righteously. And the reality is we all will one day stand before him and we will be judged according to what we've uh, lived on this earth, that we have faith in Him—a genuine faith, living it out. Maybe you're you're here and you're, you're you're backslidden. You were walking with God, but the things of this world just got into you and and drew you away, stuck a, a hedge or a wedge rather between your relationship with God. There's a hostility now, but you want to rededicate your life. You're watching online. You can. You can uh, say, I am not living for Jesus Christ. You want a brand new start? I'm going to tell you, Jesus died on that cross to forgive you of your sin. And the blood he shed has power to wash you clean. If that's you, every head's bowed, every eye's closed, you're watching online, I'm going to ask you to signify real quickly with an uplifted hand. You want to give, you want to accept Jesus into your life really quickly. How many would there be? You're not saved or you're backslidden, but you want to give your life to Jesus. Raise your hand really quickly. Praise God. We're going to change the order of the service. We're going to sing a song. Let's stand. I'm going to open the altars. We're going to come here. We're going to meet with God. You can kneel down at these altars. Just be real with God and pray to Him. Let's sing that song, He is the image.
1: He the image. Of the image. God, the firstborn of creation, He is the first, the last, the one who matters most. Jesus, we need You desperately. He is Creator. We need You to help ruling sustain.
0: heart be real with God Of God, your grace, God.
1: So lo, 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 so lo, lo, lo sa. So. We give you all the glory and all the praise, God.